Amen. Dal was 17, met April at church camp. And then you guys would have the youth group over at the new creation. And then we, it was an extra excuse to see her, just so you know. <laughs> it wasn't you. Amen. Yeah, it wasn't you. It was you. Amen. And praise God. It's crazy watching those videos of those people in, you know, other countries. It's nothing like, like you're saying in America. There's just a hunger, you know. But God, no doubt, wants to do something in America, right? And, and I believe meetings like this, right, where God brings the church together because he wants to speak and he wants to do something. So it's exciting. It's nervous. Axton asked me today, he's like, Dad, is it hard to, like, put together a message? And I said, no, I just go to the Internet and download one. And <laughs> No, I didn't do that. But it's just like, it's not hard, but there's just a pressure. And it's, it's a pressure because you want to speak what God wants you to speak, right? At any time you're given an opportunity to tell someone about the Lord or speak in front of the body, you're God's people, right? And that's something that's always been in my heart and mind anytime I get to share. I felt called in, I want to say 2008, 2009, a little bit about my testimony. I got uh, revived. I grew up in the church. So my dad got saved when I was one, kind of quick recap, and learned about Jesus, learned the scriptures, went to Sunday school. Like I said, I met my wife at Bible camp. And um, was a good guy in the world's eyes, but I was religious. I didn't really know God. Um, I knew about him, and I think that's a lot of, lot of what can happen, especially for young people. They learn about God, but they have to have a real revelation of Christ. And I, a man was invited to our church where I go today. My dad became a pastor when I was probably 17, 18. I was already pretty much, you know, grown up, I suppose, baby grown up. And uh, a man preached under the power of the Holy Spirit. Bam, that was it. It just, like, changed me in a moment. All, all the truths, all the, the, the realities of God, I learned all the seeds that were planted. God watered those that day, and it just sprung forth. And, man, I came alive. You know, and God still wants to do that in people. He wants to do that in, in Milwaukee. He wants to do that in the people here. In my heart, there's more God wants to do with us, and, and I'm thankful for him doing that. I didn't expect it. My dad asked me to come fill in on the drums because he didn't have a drummer. I didn't know what I was getting into, but God did, you know. And God orchestrates things in our lives. Your life is not an accident. You're not, God doesn't play around with your life. We were singing that his ways are perfect. He's perfect in all of his ways. So he's not playing around with our lives. He's not, he's not, it's not like a fun little game like a kid plays with Legos or G.I. Joes or dinosaurs or whatever, you know, a kid is playing with. God cares and and. And his ways are perfect, right? So when he's looking over your life, he's not just having fun with it. He does everything for a purpose. There's always something he wants to reveal and show you uh, and teach you about him and who he is and his love that he can use us and be a light to this world, amen? So that's something you have to know about God. A lot of times our wrong understanding of who God is uh, clouds our vision of how God can use us because we see God something other than who he is. It's incredibly important. If you're a saint of God, if you're a Christian, if you love him, that you see God for who he really is. Obviously, he's, you know, omnipotent, he's vast, he's above and beyond our comprehension, but we need to see Christ for who he is, amen? And if we can see him for who he is, then we can accurately portray him to a lost world. Again, it's different here in America. 
We've had the name of Jesus. You can download a billion sermons on the internet. You can go on YouTube and find every doctrine, anything that you want to hear that will tickle your ear and tell you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear. As much as there's good stuff, there's a ton of bad stuff, right? And, and we're thankful for the truth, right? But if you're looking for something, what you need to be looking for is Jesus. Amen? So I titled this message, Completing Him. We're going to be looking in Colossians chapter 2. Verses 9 and 10, I'm just going to read this verse. This is our opening text. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in him, this is Christ, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Let me read that again. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of principality and power. I'm just going to... Pray. Lord, I just ask for your anointing, God. I know we've prayed, but I just ask one more time, Lord, that you would anoint me, Lord. Give me your words of life, Lord God. Prepare our hearts to receive, Lord. Show us yourself in a mighty way tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So we see this verse in verse uh, 9. It says, for in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead. That in him is Christ Jesus. It also says in earlier in Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, it says this, for it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness of God dwell. God dwelt. The, the Christianity, think about its name, right? Christ, right? It's about Christ. Christ is the foundation. He's the cornerstone. I know for those that are saved, you know this, but it's always good to come back and remember why we do what we do, who we serve, and why we serve him. And, and it's Jesus Christ. All the fullness, all the character attributes and things of God can be found in Christ Jesus. All the answers, all the knowledge, everything you need pertaining to this life, for your home, for your kids, for your wife, for your job, whatever it is, for your calling, can be found in Christ Jesus. And this please God. God's not, God wanted Christ to be lifted up. Christ on this earth was an exact representation of God to men. He came as a man in bodily form. He did his work, right? He came as a little baby. He did the work of God, his great work going to the cross, right? Which, which he died for you and me so we could be saved. Amen. But he, just, he didn't just die and lay in that grave. He rose. Amen. He rose, he came from that grave to show us that we can have life and life more abundantly, amen? That we don't have to be dead in our trespasses and sins, but that we can live a life free from sin, amen? So we see he's the foundation. God is pleased that Christ is the foundation, right? And we see in 2 Peter verses 1 and 3, it says, 1, 3, it says, His divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So in the knowledge of Christ Jesus, your knowledge, your revelation knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ pertains everything you need for this life. Amen? Everything pertaining to this life and living a life that glorifies God will be found in Christ Jesus. Your life can glorify God. I don't, you know, we fail a lot. So because we fail, we just believe that like, we fail our way through Christianity, and then when we get to the end, it's like, oh, we made it, God, you know, we squeak by, right? And, and we know, failure, it's easy for the devil to remind us of failures, the times we've fallen short, 
right? And so it's easy for us in the natural to go back to those things, right? But the new nature in Christ Jesus that came alive from the work of Jesus Christ has new abilities and new faculties. One of my favorite things to preach is just about the overcoming life of the Christian. I really believe the devil has lied heavily, especially to us in America, you know, because there's pleasures, there's sin abounds, we have money to spend on every little toy and trinket, right? There's all these blessings, no doubt, that came. God has blessed this country. Uh, we'd be foolish to think otherwise. We've been the richest country in the world, right? And we can see the decay, and we can, we can see as wickedness is, is, is abounding in this country. But Christ is still on the throne. Christ is still alive. Christ still has a church, and Christ still gives his church power. Amen? And in all things, we have power through Christ Jesus. There's an abundant supply of God for you and for me to live a pleasing life to God in America. Right? You have to believe the Lord that he can do that in you. You know, with sin everywhere, you can open your phone and you can sin in, a, in an instant, but there's power through the blood of Jesus Christ and that new nature. So he's the foundation. He's the focus. He set the examples. All God's attributes, his character, his nature can be found in him. We focus on him. Colossians 2, uh, 2 and 3 says that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Listen to this. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So as a believer, you have access to all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that we need for this life. Amen? We don't just need it in heaven. We need it here. I need God's mind here. If I'm going to walk on this earth a life that's pleasing to the Lord, I need to have his mind here. I need to be an overcomer here. I need to live victorious here. Amen? And it's hidden in Christ. Those things, those truths you need, they're hidden. They're hidden from the world. Okay? And they're tucked away in Jesus. And the world can't know them. They can't know them. They're foolishness to them. The Bible says that the carnal mind, right, the natural mind can't understand the things of God. They're spiritually discerned. And only a born-again man or woman who's given their life to the Lord Jesus Christ can understand spiritual truths. Amen? So don't be shocked when the world doesn't understand what you're saying. They can't. There's no reason to judge them. Why would we judge them? They can't comprehend what God has given you spiritual eyes and ears to understand. Amen? That can help change your approach when you find yourself frustrated if you're sharing with someone or what people write on social media, right? You get frustrated. It's like, ah, oh, here they go. Another thing. Well, what do you expect? They don't know God like you and I do. They don't know the love of God. They've not felt his forgiveness. You don't know what rejection they felt, what, what they've experienced in their life. You have no clue about that. But we have experienced the grace and love of God. Amen? And we're here tonight. I'm, I'm believing, and if there's someone not saved, you can get saved tonight. God will save you in an instant like he saved me. But my guess is many of you are saved. And if you're saved, you know. You felt that forgiveness. You experienced it. You stepped from darkness into light. You know, that's why I knew it's like weird because I, I was walking through my Christian life, going to church. We were helping out. I remember it. Uh, we were going at the time helping the three to five-year-olds, and you feel like you're doing something. I don't want to feel like I'm just doing something. There's a million things we can do. 
right? I don't want to just do something. I don't even want to just be here unless God wants me here, right? I'm not looking for something to do. I'm looking to do something that God would have me to do, amen? And that's what we need. I don't want to just be doing something and tapping myself on the back. So I go, oh, I'm spiritual. I went to church. I gave my, all those things are good. We come to church because we love God and we love one another, amen? I mean, the good group of our church came. I know they love me, but I know they love the Lord. Amen? And I'm thankful that you guys are here and the worship team would come and play and, and, and just get us started and, and obviously the opportunity to come with Jenny and Clayton. But we've experienced that. And that treasure can never be forgotten. The wisdom, the knowledge that's hidden in Christ should not be forgotten. This is the great thing the Christian possesses, is Christ Jesus. That's the thing we have to give by the unction, no doubt, of the Holy Spirit, right? But it's not just, it's not just a miracle. You know, there was a man that went to our church at one time, gave his life to the Lord. I led him to the Lord. I had this shop. He had cancer in his neck. Cancer in his neck. A few of the men went and laid hands on him. They went to go do the surgery. The doctor says it's not there. God healed him. But you know what? He's divorced and ain't living for the Lord today. Right? So it doesn't matter that he was healed. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm thankful that he was. But you know what's greater than just God doing a healing? Is God changing the heart of a man. Right, because that's a person God can use to heal, heal others, amen, that's rooted and founded on Christ Jesus. But in Jesus, the believer has access to all these things of God. Colossians 2.4, we're going to talk about this anyone. This anyone, you might have met him, hopefully you've never been him. Hopefully I've never met him, Lord, been him. This is Colossians 2.4, and then we're going to look at 8. He says, now that I, he says, now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words, okay? Persuasive words. Colossians 2 and 8 says, beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to who? According to Christ. So this first one's I want to look at as persuasive words, okay? Persuasive words or persuas- persuading words or words that are probable in an argument, enticing words. These are words that lead to error. Okay, so listen, anybody, okay, anybody, right, can be the person that deceives you. Right, If they've gotten off or if they've allowed a, a lie of God or a false doctrine or something that's not true, could be someone that could persuade you. Now, that doesn't necessarily make every time that happened your enemy. If you've been saved for any amount of time as you mature in the Lord, there's going to be young believers that come in. You're going to need the mind and heart and maturity of God to counsel, encourage correct, rebuke, those are necessary things, right? If, if people couldn't come into our churches and find a man or woman of God who could show them the way, that would be a sad thing, right? So we want to be someone that's mature in the Lord, right? So if you've dealt with any new believer, 
There, there, there's times there's false understandings or someone came from a place where, you ever just amen something because it sounds good? Amen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> amen. It sounds good. It's like something that sounds good. And I'm like, Lord, I don't even know if that's something you're saying. It's like, yeah, it sounds spiritual. But we can't. I don't like not God's like, oh, I'm going to drop Clayton's crusher, skull crusher on you. You know, but just sometimes we're guilty of that. It's like, well, that sounded good. Or we share the thing that some, you know, some person you know shared that you believe loves the Lord, which I'm sure they do, but it just sounds spiritual. You hit the share button. You know, it would do us all a, a lot and the world if we would just ask the Lord a, for a second before we hit share. I think that. Just stop and say, Lord, should I share this? Should I write this? God, is this a value? Will it add a, any benefit to the people that are my friends or followers or whatever? Not everybody you're close to, right? But it would be a value. But, you know, there's just times we do that, right? Maybe those words are persuasive. A probable argument is just like, man, you know, it's pretty solid. That's what the world does. The world crafts arguments, right? And they craft their reason, and then you need, to, you need to subscribe after they crafted the perfect enticing words, right? And then you have to subscribe to what they're teaching. These words or arguments can sound good. They can sound, this is a tough one, sound biblical, sound reasonable, right? But remember, God doesn't operate in reason, right? That, that, the natural man, the carnal nature in us does not like that. We want everything when it comes to God, you know, especially the world, to operate in reason. You know, you know what's unreasonable? A man getting out of a boat and he's walking on water. Nothing reasonable about that, right? It's, there's, it's unreasonable to think that this little basket of fish and loaves could feed 5,000, Right? But God doesn't operate. He doesn't need to operate. He operates beyond reason, right? But he does everything for reason, amen? So these things don't always fall within the basic principles of the world and how the world knows that, and they don't like that. It's not strange that they don't like that because that's how their mind operates. But we, the church of Jesus Christ, have been given a different mind. We've been given the mind of Christ, amen? And that mind can get the reason of God in every situation. Do you believe that? In every situation, God will supply you the information you need. He really will. He's not going to let you down. You may not get what you're reasoned, what you and of yourself have concluded should be God's answer. But the answer, if you wait on God, will, God will give it to you. Amen? If you go to him humbly... Before him and ask him, he will give you. He wants to give. What parent here wouldn't give to their child if they asked? Amen? But God, he operates outside of men's reasoning. And, and there's times if you're a Christian, you have to deal with things and hear things and things that sound good, sound right, sound reasonable and biblical. But it's going to require real discernment. To, three, to see through, right? If I can get the real discernment from God on matters, I will not be so easily swayed. The world is swayed. Think of, think of like during COVID and the things that would happen, right? It's just people were swayed back and forth, right? But it can't be for us, the church. And if we can get the mind of God on matters, we won't be swayed, 
right? Because if I know mind, God's mind on the matter, it doesn't matter if a hundred people come to me and say something contrary. If I know the mind of God, it will not sway me. It doesn't matter if it's my dad, my best friend, my wife, uh, who I work with. It will not matter because I've fitted myself or planted myself on a solid foundation of Jesus Christ. And we're going to need real discernment. There's a lot of lies. There's a lot of lying spirits. There's a lot of false doctrines that have infiltrated the churches. They've torn the churches apart, right? The churches can't get along. There's no real love. There's no real joy. There's no real care for one another, right? It's like I'm in my little group, and they're in your little group, right? I'm thankful for something like this because we don't have to be in our little group. We can be with this group. And we can be with another group. Actually, our, our church, it's called the Church in Wisconsin. And this Revival MKE really, in this sense, goes along with, you know, what, what our heart has been a lot of times is just believing the Lord to stir up his remnant all around the state of Wisconsin. Right? There's people here, and I would, I would, I'm just in general, people, right, that have looked, they've bounced around, they've been to churches, they're looking for reality, they want something real of God, and, and, and we want to help minister that, right? And that's what you guys want to do is help minister that to people. Otherwise, what's our purpose? What's our purpose? Have a church and a cool band and something? It's surely not that, right? It's for the work of Jesus Christ in a lost and dying world, for your family, for your people, for your children. Amen? But it's going to take discernment that comes from God to look through all these persuasive words that come at us. You know, just because Scripture is true, that doesn't make what you say about it true. If I say something about Scripture that's wrong, the Scripture's not wrong. You understand that, right? I might just be wrong. And you know, that's why you want to be with the saints of God, because if your heart is knitted together to pursue what is true, what is godly, what is love, what is real, when we have some of these doctrines and things that the Lord needs to flush out and correct our under, little things sometimes, you just got to correct, right? But if you have the body of Christ, the Lord does that graciously through one another, that we can encourage and challenging one another. If I have a wrong thought, someone can say, hey, that's not the truth. You know, and, and if I'm humble, God's going to show me the same. Amen? So we see there's also in this word philosophies, pursuits. This means like pursuits of knowledge, used either of zeal for a skill in any art or, uh, or science, any branch of knowledge, right? We have the world with their high-minded philosophies, all their knowledge, everything they know, their zeal, what they've studied. They went to school, and they went to, you know, college. Then they did X, Y, Z, and did their graduate and all these kind of things, right? They put together uh, high-minded philosophies and long presentations and big discourses. So simply you conclude that they're smarter than you and whatever they say is right. This is what happens, right? If you, if you spend any time on... On the internet reading, you'll realize you're really dumb. I mean, I'm not that smart. It's fine. You know, but I have the Lord. And I have the Lord and I have the wisdom of God, right? 
So I don't need to understand all things about health. I don't need to understand. I'm not talking about being ignorant. I'm not talking about believing something that's wrong or false or something that's just a conspiracy and that sounds exciting. So I want to talk about it. I'm just saying, right, there's these philosophies. And they tell you their philosophies and their philosophies on life, right? But again, that verse in Corinthians talks about that it's, it's the wisdom we speak isn't the wisdom of the world, Right? So they only can give you what they possess. A man can only give you what, you what he possesses, right? I can only give the measure of Christ that I possess. That's one thing that always calms me. Anytime I get an opportunity to share. I've been preaching off and on as the Lord opens up doors, probably since 2008, maybe I preached my first sermon. And, and anytime you get to go to a place you know, a new place to preach is exciting and nervous, but it just calms me knowing, like, God, all that I can give is what I have. So I couldn't even put together some great thing with a thousand verses and all the Greek and everything that would seem amazing to our natural, right, uh, and spiritual minds, but I can't give you anything beyond what I possess, right? So that calms me. Because I just know, like, God, I can only give what's in me, so give that, Lord, and fill me with whatever I need to give. Amen? This verse talks also about empty deceit. This is devoid of truth. Vessels that contain, this is sad to me. Vessels that contain nothing. It's like, hey, have a drink. Oh, give me the bottle of water, right? And it's like, oh, oh there's nothing in it. I'm going to get my water. I'm going to use that as my excuse. Yeah. Well, you want... To have a vessel that contains nothing. To think, without Christ, what do you contain? What do you contain? But with Christ, what do we contain? Amen? But the empty deceits, devoid of truth, vessels that contain nothing, endeavors or labors that result in nothing, without effect, fruitless. Right? I don't, I don't want to be fruitless in my walk with the Lord. I don't want when I talk to someone for it to be fruitless. I don't want to get up here and share and it be fruitless. Amen? I don't want to have nothing to give. The Christian always has something to give. You know that, right? It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're the most level 10 Christian you think and aspire to be. I know the moment I got revived, the Lord equipped me through His Spirit. And I could speak what was in me. It didn't matter if I understood all the depths and mysteries and the things or whatever in the scriptures or the, the things I know today. What I possessed in Christ Jesus was enough. And then he would, I would just keep going to him and he adds to it. And little by little he'll grow you and he'll mature you and he'll help you and you'll be able to get through things, amen. And one day someone will be able to look at you and go, man, that's a man or woman that loves the Lord. Don't you want that? Not so men will look at you like, hey, look at me, I'm super spiritual. But they go like, that's a real Christian. That's someone that really loves the Lord. That's someone I can look at their life and go, man, that man loves Jesus. That woman loves Jesus. I want to be around them. I want to hang out with them. I want to get to know them, amen? But labor, there's the church, is. this is just an American church, right? We've 
done labors that result in nothing, and there's things we've done that resulted in nothing, and it sounds great all the time to go like, well, you know, it's like heard a man say, you know, he picks a guy, he picks a story that fits his bill, but it's like he street preaches all the time, but no fruit comes. But it's all like, oh, yeah, one day he's going to get to heaven. Yeah, tell yourself that. Tell yourself that, that God's proud of you. But if you're not bringing the life of Christ, if you don't have the mind of God, if you're not demonstrating the love of God, if you're not moved by the Spirit of God, you're not doing His work. You're doing a thing that makes you feel justified before Him. And what we talked about in the beginning, the only thing that justifies you or me is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? It was His blood and my faith and trust in Him. And then I'm justified before Him. Right? But we can do those things. They're fruitless in labor. I'm like, Lord, I never want to do that. Lord, I, I know I've done this. I've rambled on. And it's like any work that God was going to do, he did it like an hour ago. But I kept going, you know. I'm thinking, that was fruitless. You can know a tree, the Bible says, by its fruits. It's how we ought to know. Right? They ought to look at us. They ought to look, the world ought to look at us and see the peculiarity of the church. What makes the church peculiar, we talk about this often, and Joe and I will talk about this at work. It's like the thing that makes the church peculiar isn't some weird way we dress or weird songs we sing, although speaking in tongues sounds weird to the world and whatever. We're raising our hands and dancing. I don't think dancing and all that's so weird to the world. They love to dance, right? But the peculiarity of the church has more to do with the love we have. The love we have for one another. The love we have for the lost. When we don't respond the way they do. When they're angry, we're not angry. When they're lacking kindness, we're kind. When they're, when they're not gentle, we're gentle. Right? That's peculiar to them because they go, I'm done with that person. And you're like, I'm going to hug that person. I'm going to embrace this person. Yeah, this person offended me, but I'm not cutting them off. Right? It's like things we say, like, it's kind of like, I forgave them, but, you know, I'm keeping my distance. I remember when Jesus did that to me. Right? He forgave me, and he's like, okay, Aaron, I'm going to keep my distance from you. <laughs> Surely he doesn't do that. He forgives us, and then he embraces us. As a matter of fact, to me, forgiveness isn't in full effect. To not only do you forgive one another, but then you are drawn to one another. Not to forgive one another and then I keep my distance, right? And think of what that does to the church. Think of the poor testimony that is to the world, right? If we do that amongst ourselves, right? We don't want them to see that. They want to see, we want them to see the peculiar nature of the Christian is that they operate differently from them. They can go all over the internet and find a bunch of people that will act like them. That you got to be a person that when they see you, they go, man, he's different. And God does that in us, amen? I know that's by the grace of God. I'm not talking about you just try to whip something up. It's by the grace and power of God through our faith in him. God will change your heart. That's what he did to me. He changed my heart, and I just was excited for Jesus. And I'm telling all my friends, and I'm preaching to people, and I'm, I'm spending time reading my Bible and up late and listening to sermons. I'm in these chat rooms talking to people and hearing all about crazy doctrines I never knew existed. You know, and, and I just think how the Lord protected me. You know, because he's not like, oh, there's a little baby. Just let him walk around. He'll figure it out. And he'll, after he runs into the road, gets hit by a car and burns his hand. You know, it's like you're a new Christian. Well, God's looking over you. 
You have the best father that there ever could be. That father's there. He's watching over you. But if you put your faith and trust in, he's going to get you through. Amen? Praise God. You know a tree by its roots. You know truth about a thought or a doctrine or a study. But it always comes down to what it produces. So the last one here is according to the traditions of men. This verse says, something I've been taught, right? This anyone that could be someone you're dear to you, your friend, your brother. It says, it says something I'm taught by men, okay? Anything I've been taught. Through my life as a Christian. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 40 this year. Getting old. Older. I'm still a kid. It's okay. I'm going to be 40, right? And I've learned a lot of different things. I've been to a lot of churches. I've heard a lot of preachers. I've watched a lot of things on the internet. Right? I've digested. I've seen a lot of these things. And there's traditions that come. Sometimes... It's not all traditions are bad, but there's things that are taught by men that if God teaches us otherwise, they need to be what? Discarded. Right? So it's just like there's people that do this. They, they see a thing. Just say you have a tradition you do, and someone's determined it's not godly or it's, it's just maybe something you do. Right? And they're like, well, that's not godly. So then they break off, and then they're going to start a church and not do the thing you do. Right? It's like, oh, look at me. I don't do the thing. You know, we do this thing. Yeah, I want to join that. You know, it's like it's, the traditions are offensive to God when they go before God or we put them before God, right? And we need to be willing to discard any tradition of men that's come in that doesn't please God, that is ungodly. Of course, we've got to put those things out. Uh, things that we learned that aren't correct, right? They got to go. That's just a part of being a humble servant of God. You need to let false doctrines, false truths, false traditions go by the wayside. And, and this verse ends with this, and not according to Christ. See, everything that we do as a Christian, everything we do as a church, as a church corporately, as a church locally, is measured according to the measure of Christ. Christ is the measuring rod. Okay, not the accolades of men, not the likes on social media, not the hooting and hollering. Christ is ultimately the measuring stick that measures what we do as a, as a church. Christianity has always been about Christ and according to Christ. He is how it's done and he's who we do it through. If in Christianity anything that's headed in the wrong direction, this is what happens. It starts getting away from the simplicity of Christ. This is such a powerful and simple truth. The devil always looks to get the church away from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus, okay? He comes, and, and he comes, he wants to lie to us, he uses all these things we talked about to get us away. When we, when we start to focus, listen to this, this is important, when we start to focus on one topic of God, faith, grace, truth, love, forgiveness, worship, Signs and wonders, blessings, end times, current times, the lost. To, you know, not the fullness of God, right? We're starting to just get away from the simplicity that's in Christ. All those things I talked about make up the Christian life. Faith, grace, the love of God, the lost souls, right? I can't, now, now I, might, I know that God gives gifts 
according to his will and purpose as he orchestrates amongst the body and what he, his plan he wants to do. But me as a Christian, nothing else gets to be the focus. It doesn't get to be me up on the worship band. I can't tell you how many times through my life I observed people up here. But man, that was the greatest thing for them. But Jesus wasn't. It was a chance for them to display their talent and their ability. And then you had pastors and youth pastors and everyone like supporting it. It's just like, look, this person just needs to be saved. And they need to love the Lord and fall in love with Him. And then they'll jump and they'll sing and they'll play and what they play. Like Jen sing, whether we play, sing in key, it won't matter. Because what resonates from me comes from God, from His Spirit. Amen. And that will bring true glory to Him. And yeah, it's like another place for me to just like show what I love to do. Well, you can play your music and play it unto the Lord, right? But it's like we've made it something more. And, and, we, and that's why I think it won't just be worship. I, that's why I think it won't just be the churches coming together and playing songs. It's going to be all things. We're going to have to love one another. We're going to have to hear the truth. We're going to have to let the Lord correct us. Amen? The church as a whole in this area and in this country is going to have to come together. Not on just one thing. It's not going to just be prayer. It's not. It's going to be all of God, the fullness of God. If God's going to have a church that's powerful in America, we're going to have to have every characteristic, every part, the fullness of God, and that is Christ Jesus, that we give people Christ, amen, that we have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. I don't have liberty to, or the luxury to pick. I need the fullness of God. I need the fullness of him, amen? We need the fullness of God, amen? Christ isn't some random guy in history who died for an obscure religious cause. Christ isn't a fictional character in Netflix or some supporting cast member, right? He's the alpha, the omega. That means beginning and end. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life, right? He's everything, Jake, he's everything. It's not just some religion. He is everything. He's the light of the world. He's the great high priest. He's the redeemer. He's the savior of the world. Amen? He's the prince of peace. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. And he's who we put our hope in. That's why we come together. That's why we worship him. That's why we read and we pray. That's why we Pray for his spirit to be him, to unveil Christ Jesus to us. He is our great hope. And all the fullness of God is found in him. And that fullness is available to you, and it's available to me. And we don't have to be babes. So much of the church would just want to be babies forever. In the, the, you know what, the zero entry pool, right? It's like you go in the little zero entry. Hey, can you just picture me just like, ah, passing the swim test in the zero entry pool? But we just want to stay there, right? Especially Clay, picture Clayton in the zero-entry pool. But it's like, shame on us. Let's grow. And if you're going to grow, you need to know this or remind yourself. I know you know this, but you need to remind yourself again that the fullness of God is found in Christ Jesus. And I have to have a revelation. You have to have a revelation of him, Amen.
Colossians 2 and 10 reads, this is the ending half. It says, you are complete in him. It says, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Okay? It's an awesome word, complete in him. What does that mean to you? What does it mean to be complete in him? Complete in Christ Jesus. This word, it's a verb. Um, I had to look that up again, what a verb is. Marie, don't laugh at me. And I look in Webster's Ultimate Dictionary. Verbs are words that show an action, like sing, occurrence, or develop, or a state of being. Exist. That's a state of being, right? A lot of the world right now, they just exist. I don't want to exist. I don't want to just be here. I don't want to just be some obscure person, okay? I'm not talking about being a celebrity. What I'm saying is I don't want to just exist. I want to have a full and real life in Christ Jesus. So this word complete means a few things. I think someone said it, to make full or to fill up, to be full. I love this, to cause, to abound. Christ causes you to abound. Amen? To furnish or supply liberally. He's not like, oh, I might supply you a little something. He supplies liberally. Amen? He's willing to give above and beyond. It says to render full, to complete, right? He's going to present me full, spotless, complete before the Father as I put my faith and trust in him, amen? You start this journey how? You put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you did that and you repented of your sins and you put your faith in him, he made you a new creature. And that's how you got started, right? But then it's through continual faith in him that we walk, right? And that we finish our course and he presents us spotless before the Father through what he did. It also means to fill to the top so that nothing shall be wanting to full measure, filled to the brim. Why, why would we feel empty? Why would we feel empty? If we feel empty, we just, if we've known, we've forgotten. We've just forgotten then. Right? We've forgotten what God has done for us. You know, Paul went everywhere sharing his testimony. He went everywhere preaching the truth of what God did to him. Right? And what did he say? I preached nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He had all kinds of great truths to teach us. But one truth he made sure everybody knew everywhere he went is Jesus Christ is Lord and he died for you and me. And when you came to that, you were full. Amen. You were full. Christ made you full. And if you're lacking fullness, you're missing something. You need to get full of Christ again. Amen. And you'll pour over. I love that. Fill to the top. There'll be plenty of water. Amen. It means to consummate a number. To make complete in every, every particular. To render perfect. It's hard. It is hard for us to just believe that God renders us perfect. Uh, why? Is it just because it's the devil? It's like quick to tell. It's like, oh, you remember when you messed up? Yeah, I remember. And I also remember when Jesus forgave me. And he washed it away and made me a new creature. And when I messed up, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. So if I fall short, okay, that means I don't have to. Don't tell yourself, like, I'm going to sin every day. 
I'm just going to sin. It's just, but you know, God knows my heart, the grace of God. What a defeated life. That's not a victorious life. That's not how God wants you to live. That's not why Jesus came to the cross so you could be forgiven. Then fail. Fail. Yes, we fail, right? I know I failed. I've fallen short. I've, I'm like, Lord, how could I have done such a thing? I've known better. You showed me, Lord, but I failed. But you know what? Go to him. He'll forgive you. He'll fill you afresh. He'll make it new. He'll make everything new. That's what he does. Amen? So he renders us perfect. He carries us through to the end, to accomplish, to carry out, to carry into effect, bring into realization, or realize a matter of duty to perform and execute. So this is the work of Christ. So you're going, hey, all right, I'm in a rough spot. Lord, I'm struggling, or Lord, I'm in the circumstance. Lord, do you wonder, like, how am I going to get through this? Well, God's going to carry you through. He, he not only gives you a will to do what's right, but he gives you the ability to perform it, right? Because if he didn't, it's like, hey, uh, get the baby in here to move this into the back. They don't have the ability to perform it, right? But what God asks us to do is live victoriously and overcoming. Therefore, he's going to supply his ability for me, for you, to live that way, amen? And we need to believe God that we can. So he's going to perform the work in us as we trust him. Don't trust yourself. Don't just trust a man. Don't just trust one sermon or trust one teaching, trust Christ, amen? That's our hope. He's our hope and our, and our, where, we, where the glory of God resides. Perform, execute, saying promises, prophecies, to bring to pass, ratify, accomplish, to fulfill, to call, cause God's will to be obeyed. That's right. If you're going to do the will of God, like I said, he'll provide that power. And worship team, if you want to come, Jeremy, you want to come while we're going to wrap this up here. And a question I think is always worth asking, no matter where you are in the Lord. And I think it's important you know. But do we believe that we're complete in Christ Jesus? Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that he'll empower us, that in him is hidden treasures, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, the things we need? Do we believe it? Are we confident? Are we confident that God, who started a work in your life, whether it was a week ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, are we confident in his ability to work in us and to complete until the day of Jesus Christ, that he'll complete his work in us? Or do we doubt him? I don't want to doubt God. I want to be confident. And I'm going to be confident. I'm going to continue to be confident in the revelation of Jesus Christ.
Because that all, that's all it took for me. I just had to have a revelation of Christ. And it wasn't just religion anymore. I'm like, man, I see. Lord, I see now. I get it, God. I'm like bawling like, Dad, Dad, I get it. And he's like apologizing. Oh, son, I'm sorry. I was sarcastic. And he would trying to get me to see, and I couldn't. Because only God could make me see. And only God can make you see. And only God can get your unsaved husband or wife or your child to see. It's going to require a supernatural work of God. And it's going to require people that trust in that supernatural work of God who believe God will do something in them so God can use you to be a blessing to them. Amen? The gospel was always meant to be carried out by men and women. It was always meant for us to go and speak to others and tell them what God's done, what he's done in our lives, how he's changed us. Amen? Ephesians 5.27 says that he may might present her to himself. Christ will present to himself. Listen, a glorious church. I want to be a part of a glorious church. Amen? Not having spot or wrinkle, not the defeated, unvictorious, blemished, weighed down by the world, weighed down by cares, weighed down by this. What person said that? No. Right? Without having spot or wrinkle. But that she should be holy and without blemish. And I can't do that for me. You can't do that for you. But we know the one who can. Amen? And his name is Christ Jesus. Do you believe he can present you without spot and without wrinkle, blameless, glorious before himself? The Bible says, who the Son has made free is free indeed. Love that verse. Christ makes us free. Amen. Colossians 2, 5, and 7, it's in the middle of this discord. It says, For though I am absent in flesh, yet I'm with you in spirit. Rejoice to see your good order and that and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ, right, you've received him. It says, Receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Not tossed to and fro, not bruised and battered, rooted. Right? If you're on a ship that's being tossed in to and fro, what do you do? You anchor. Life is going to do that to us. We're going to face hard things. We're going to face difficulties. But if we can get our roots found firmly into that ground of Christ, we can be built up, and the Bible says, established in our faith. He says, as you've been taught, abound in it with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God knows why you're here. God knows what he gave me to speak. I believe this is from him. I don't believe it was overly deep or profound 
But I'll tell you what Christ is. Christ is profound. And if we've forgotten that, or we haven't known that, God can restore that in your heart today. If you'll humbly come before Him and ask Him to give you a fresh revelation of who He is, He'll do that. He's not a mean God. He's not standing afar off. He's not there to bring up every time you failed. He's there to forgive you. He's there to pick you up. He's there to fill you to the brim. He's there to forgive you. He's there to hug you. He's there to embrace you. He's there to grow with you. You're not cast out. He doesn't reject you. His grace is there. Even if you haven't been faithful, He's faithful. And you can put your faith in Him again. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, Jeremy. Thank you, Lord. If you want to come, get before the Lord. Do you want us to pray with you? Get on your face. You touch God and know God, your life's never the same. It will not be. It's a great, it's a great and awesome thing to get to know the real living God. And it not just be religion. It's a powerful thing to know the living Christ and have that living Christ in you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. The Lord's not forgot about you. The Lord has not forgot about you. He's not forgot about you. He remembers you. He remembers saving you. He didn't forget about you. He didn't put you to the side. You're precious to him. You're important to him. He cares for you. He died for you. He loves you, amen? Surrender to him. Just surrender it to him again and again and again, amen? Lord, we just invite you tonight, Lord, just to do a work on the inside of us, Lord. I just thank you, God, for that message, Lord, that just stirred up a, a hunger and a thirst on the inside of us. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that we're not left to our own abilities, Lord, or our own strength, Father, but our strength and our grace and our help comes from you on the inside of us. Greater is he that is in you than he that lives in the world. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is him who gives you the grace, him who gives you the strength to live to please him. So, Lord, we surrender. We surrender our abilities. We surrender, Lord, all our facilities, Lord. We surrender everything we have, everything we are, Lord, Lord, because we want to live for your glory. We want to live to fulfill your purpose and your plan in our lives, Lord. Lord, we just pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our lives on earth as it is in heaven because nothing else matters, Lord. Lord, we, lay, we, we exchanged our life, Lord, like Colossians 3 says. Lord, we exchanged our life. We started a new life with Christ, and we laid down our life, Lord, and we set our gaze and our affections and our attention upon you, God. And we just surrender our life. We surrender not just our abilities, but, Lord, we surrender our agendas. We surrender, Lord, our plans and our purposes, Lord, in exchange for yours, Lord, because that's all that matters. Father, I thank you that your word says 
we have this treasure in our earthen vessel so that the excellency of the power of God, that we would realize that it's not of us, but it's of Christ in us. Father, we ask you for a fresh revelation of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us to be revealed to this world. We just yield to you tonight, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Father, I thank you, Lord, that he's beginning a, he's beginning a work tonight and that he's faithful to finish the work he began. Aaron didn't know what really took place that night until he continued on. And, 